All right, how's everybody doing this morning? Doing good? Yes? All right, I, um, I'm, my name is Dwayne. I get a chance to come speak to you this morning, so I'm excited about that. The camera guy's not because I move around a lot, and if it's online, I'm moving all over the place. But I just want to touch base a little bit about what yesterday, a group of us went out in the community to invite uh, the community to come to the community lunch, and we had some good reports already. Um, talked to Ladina this morning. We've had somebody that's already inquired about coming to kids camp. We've had emails coming in. Um, you know, if it's just that one person that shows up, it's worth it, right? Yeah. I'm, we sh anything to get something going in the kingdom of God, right? Uh, if, if, that, if that child comes, then their parents come, and then their family come, and then their neighbor comes, all of a sudden a multiplication takes place and people come to know Jesus, right? And that's the purpose of it. And you know what? Everybody that went out today, none of us are anything special. We're just like you. So we want to invite you to come next time. And uh, we will be promoting that date. I think it's August... I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, we'll let you know the date. But it's real simple. We just knocked on some doors. We handed out some things. And we said, hey, we're from, I'm Dwayne. I'm from Free Church. I went with Kim. Uh, we were up here in this section. And uh, the good thing was Caleb uh, actually went to my house uh, over here. Of course, I wasn't home. And my wife is in California, and she saw him on the ring. And she's texting me, Caleb's at our house. Doesn't he know we're not home? And, you know, my dogs weren't traumatized because Caleb came by and didn't say hi to him. But um, we had some great encounters. Kim got to pray with some people. Um, we were knocking our doors. I, I had uh, some good conversations with some folks. I know Ladina and Kristen had some good conversations, and Spencer and Caleb also. Um, I knocked on one lady's door, and there was a sign that said, no solicitation, uh, please don't ring the, do the doorbell and make it weird. So you know what I did? I knocked. <laughs> Strangers ring doorbells, friends knock. So I knocked. And this lady comes to the door, she's in her 70s or so, and I said, hey, I'm Dwayne from Free Church, just here in the neighborhood, inviting you to come to the community barbecue. Can't you read the sign? It says no solicitation, don't ring the doorbell. And I said, I didn't, I knocked. And she goes, well, it's the same thing. I said, well, no, it's, it's knocking's different. And, and then she started going off on me because about how she hates the church, not this church, but this to church. And she's going on and on. You know, at that point, I could have said, well, hey, God bless you. Have a great day. But I didn't um, because that's just how I am. I looked at her and I said, I can sense you have some bitterness. <laughs> and if looks could kill, they were killing. But then the Lord gave me a word for her, right? I mean, right on the spot. And I said, you know what? I know that you went to the doctor the last few weeks. And the doctor gave you some really bad news. But God wants you to know he's the, he's the real doctor. God wants you to know not to listen to the doctor. And she looks at me and she goes, how did you know I went to the doctor? I said, well, because sometimes God tells me stuff. And he's telling me right now. And you're worried and you're stressed out and you're bitter. But God's going to do something. He's going to change what the doctor said in your life. And she started crying. And I said, would you mind if I pray for you? And this is the bitter lady that hates the church. And she goes, okay. So I pray for her, and I said, hey, God bless you. If you come to the barbecue, we'll see you then. And that was it, right? However, if she doesn't show up, it's still okay, because we got to speak life into her, right? So I want to encourage you to do that. And I also want to encourage you, uh, they mentioned earlier, please, please give. We, we need some money for this stuff. Um, it's not free. We'd like to make it free all the time. We just had an endless supply of money, but we don't, all right? So if you can give to that, we'd really appreciate it. Um, sound system, food, uh, renting, downtown, all those things. It, it all takes money, and we'd be real excited if you could give that. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. So I hope you guys had a good day. We're going to fly into this. Um, 
I want you to know that I want to thank the sound team. I think you guys do a really good job, right? And the projector, the people that put the stuff up. Here's the, here's the thing about sound and the projector people. You only notice them when they mess up, right? You hear that, you, you know, you notice that squeal. Like, what's the sound guy doing? Or when the words are wrong, like, they're in the wrong song. What's wrong with him? That's the only time they're noticed. They do a job that kind of never gets any thanks. So I just want to thank them this morning and tell them how much we appreciate them. So let's give them a hand, all right? All right. God never stops working. He's the way maker, right? He never stops working. He's always working in our lives. He's working to make change. He's working to affect things. God is never going to stop working. So we are not to give up. This morning, my message is going to be, I will not lose heart. I will not lose heart. We go through a lot of things in life where all of a sudden we're overwhelmed and we start to lose heart. We start to get discouraged. Things happen to us. You know what I'm talking about? There's a runner. His name is John, uh, I've got to say his last name correctly, uh, Akawari. He was from Tanzania. He ran it in the 1968 Olympics in Mexico City. And seven and a half miles before the finish, he fell in the marathon. The marathon is 26 miles, 385 yards. Well, seven miles before the finish, he fell and he hurt his knee. The medical team advised him not to continue on anymore. They said, you need to quit. You can't continue to run. He said, no, I want you to bandage me up. I'm going to keep going. So he limped the last seven and a half miles of the, of the Olympic marathon, and he got into the Olympic Stadium in Tokyo because they finish always on the track, about a lap, a lap and a quarter on the track. And he entered, and almost everybody had gone because the last person had finished over an hour before he got there. So the stands were empty. It's the last event in the Olympics. The stands were emptied out. No one was there but a few people. But he continued on. He limped around the track, and he finished the race. They interviewed him afterwards, and this is what they said. The reporter said, why don't you drop out of the race when medical personnel told you to? And he replied, my country did not send me to start the race. They sent me to finish. Pain couldn't remove from his heart the attitude of the finisher. He refused to lose heart. We need, as Christians, we need to refuse to lose heart. No matter the circumstances, no matter what the situation is, no matter what we find ourselves in, no matter what the enemy is trying to tell you, what your friends tell you, what your family's telling you, what anything is telling you, you need to understand God does not want you to lose heart. God has, is there for you. He is the way maker. He is going to make a way for you no matter what we are going through. Do you hear me? I mean, and... Do you guys hear me? Come on. Church, we got to get excited, right? Let me tell you why we got to get excited. Because the devil's getting a foothold, and we got to take it back, right? We need to take it to the city. We're going to take the country. We're going to take the world. But we can't unless we move forward and let God do what he wants to do. Amen? Yeah. So let's let God make a way. Let's not be discouraged in disappointment. The resolves of our heart, what we resolve in our heart, is what keeps us going during discouragement and disappointment. I resolve to follow God. I resolve to trust God. No matter what is happening in my life, I am going to trust God. Amen. And the devil is going to be rebuked in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen? We have to resolve that in our heart. We need to live our life with some non-negotiables, that we are not going to compromise under pressure no matter what. We are not going to give up. No matter what's taking place in our life, we are not going to compromise, but we are going to trust God. Amen? We need to trust God with all of our hearts. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says this, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, 
knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. What we do is not in vain. If we continue to do what God has told us to do, something is going to happen. Change is going to come. God is just asking us to be faithful. He's asking us to hold on. He said, I know it's tough, but hold on. I know what you're going through is tough, but hold on because I'm there with you. You know what that old bumper sticker, you see those bumper stickers said, God is my co-pilot? That's heresy. God is not our co-pilot. God's the pilot. He's driving, right? He's flying the plane. Just get on and enjoy the ride because he knows the ultimate direction that we're getting to. Read Revelation. We win in the end. I'm just saying, right? We know where we're going, but it can get bumpy along the way. And what are we going to do to not lose heart along the way, right? Philippians 3.13 says, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul pressed on. He pressed on. No matter what was behind, no matter what was ahead, he was going to press on. Whatever we do, we must not lose heart. Don't stop. Don't give in. Hold your ground and press on. When Bob Dylan was saved in the late 70s, and I have no commentary on his life right now, but when he saved, he wrote a song called Pressing On. And he said, I was pressing on to the higher calling of the Lord. And that's what we got to do. we got to press on. We have got to press on to the higher calling of the Lord. Whatever's happening now, God can change. Whatever happens now, God's in control of. We have to let control, let go of control, and let God control. Amen? I say amen a lot because I think I think the things I say are pretty cool. No, just kidding. All right. Psalms 20, 27 says this. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. It's the foundation of not losing heart is waiting on the Lord. Ryan gave that scripture in Isaiah. I didn't know he was going to give that scripture. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall uh, run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. God's either saying yes, no, or wait. Wait on the Lord. He has got something for you. No matter what you're going through this morning, God has something for you. All right? He's here to change things in your life if we allow him to do that. We have all the help we'll ever need in and through the grace of God. We need to rely on that and trust knowing that God is going to come through. No matter what we're facing, no matter the storms of life, we need to trust him. Galatians 6, 9. Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Boston Marathon a few years ago, and I had walking pneumonia when I ran it. I was advised by my doctor not to go, but it's something you have to qualify for. I'm like, I'm going to run it anyway. I don't care what my doctor says. I got... That's God saying, you got four minutes and 56 seconds. You better be done. <laughs> so, but I was in a Boston Marathon. I got about to the 20-mile mark, and I was so sick. And I started coughing, and I was throwing up blood and stuff. And the medical dude's like, hey, you need to stop. And I'm thinking, I didn't come all the way to Boston to stop. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to DNF. Do not finish the marathon. So I hung in there. I kept going. Unfortunately, it kind of knocked me out for the next six months. But I finished, right? No matter what we're going through. God has a destination for you. We've got to work through it and get there. He is going to take care of us, right? Micah 7, 
says, but as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Rejoice not over me, O my, over my enemy. When I fall, I shall rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. When I fall, I will rise. Get back up. Get back. You're going to fall. I'll tell you right now. We're going to fall. But we just got to get back up. In the darkness, God will be our light. Amen? Light has way, I've said this numerous times, light can squish out darkness just like that, right? Jesus is the light of the world. His light can pierce any darkness that's going on right now. Amen? Guard your heart. Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart with all vigilance, uh, for from, from it flow the springs of life. Our hearts are important as we go through life. Guard our core. Guard our heart. Uh, the physical heart is the key to a healthy life, but the spiritual heart is the key to a healthy spiritual life. We need to guard our heart. If our spiritual heart gives up, if we give up in our spirit, it affects our ability to face life and live strong in the Lord. Amen? So those that lose heart, this is why people lose heart. Those that lose heart, number one, are discouraged. How many have ever been discouraged? Raise your hand. It's okay. We've all been discouraged at some point in our life, I would think. All right? If we haven't, man, I want to live your life. But those that are discouraged are disheartened, and they get depressed, and our spirit and our heart get broken. John 7, 14, then you, or Job, I'm sorry, then you scare me with dreams and terrify me with visions so that I would choose strangling and death rather than my bones. I loathe my life. I would not live forever. Leave me alone for my days are a breath. Man, I would have hated to have been Job. That dude had it rough, Right? I mean, he's like, just take me. But he hung in. He persevered. And God, things turned, God turned things around for him. If you want to read about someone who went through a lot, read about Job. God turned things around for him, all right? He lost everything, and God turned things around. You know what? You might think, I'm losing everything. I'm losing something. I'm losing this. I'm losing that. I'm going through this. I'm going through that. But hang on. Don't give up. Put your faith and your confidence and your trust in God. Amen? It might not happen overnight. It might take a day. It might take a week. It might take a month. It could take a year. But God's going to do something. He just wants us to wait on him. He wants us to trust him. He wants us to let him be in control. Have you ever heard of Martin Luther? He was a theologian a long time ago. Knocked some things up on a Wittenberg door. Well, Martin Luther lost heart a lot through discouragement. At times, and if you read his, his stories, at times he doubted God's willingness or ability to help him through a difficult season in his life. Now, his wife got so tired of his bouts of depression that, she, that he was going through that one morning she woke up and she put on a black dress and she put on a veil, which is what people wore during uh, mourning and death, all right? And Martin Luther got up and he said, why are you dressed that way? And she responded this, because God's dead, it's obvious by the way you're acting. Sometimes it takes a wife to kick the husband in the, you know, and get him going, Right? It's obvious because the way you're acting. She saw it. And that was a wake-up call for Martin Luther. You know, in our lives, is God dead or is he alive? alive. Jesus is alive. Yes. If he's alive, when we, as, if he is alive, then why do we live at times as though he is dead? We have to live by the faith that he is in control. Stand on the unshakable foundation of his word. If you're struggling, start reading God's word. Yes. Just pick a spot and start reading because it's all of a sudden going to lift you up. Now, you may not want to lead about judges when they're slicing people's heads off and stuff, but you want to lead something a little bit more encouraging that's going to get you through the day, amen? 
So, I mean, look into God's Word. God's Word will give you what you need. Uh, His Holy Spirit will breathe life into you. He will strength, give strength back to us. Those that lose heart, number two, are faint-hearted. Uh, faint-hearted people are those who don't have the resources to be strong. Uh, Psalm 107 said, talking about the Israelites, it said, hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. So they were, because of nourishment and hunger and thirst, their soul was fainting in them. We have a nourishment that God wants to give us. One thing that he nourishes with is his word. All right? It's so important to read the word of God. It's so important. I mean, I know we all have it on electronics now. We can pull this up and we can pull that up. But I still like my Bible. I like to carry around my physical Bible. I've had this Bible for a long time. It's kind of marked up. It's got all kinds of things in it. But I just sometimes like my Bible. I just like to open it, smell the leather, open it up, crack the spine a little bit, read the Word of God, you know? Get away from your iPad because your iPad's going to die. If you don't have it plugged in, it's going to die. You guys know that? When it dies, you're like, oh, man, I can't read the Bible anymore. Well, you can if you have one. Not that I'm saying run out and buy a Bible, but God's Word will guide us through some things. He will nourish us. He will strengthen us. He will give us what we need. The Holy Spirit wants to breathe life into you. All right? He wants us to be full of Him. We need to have the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Ask the Holy Spirit. Every morning, wake up and ask the Holy Spirit to breathe into you. I have a friend. uh, She's a traveling evangelist type of lady uh, based out of Nevada. And every morning, she wakes up. You know what she says? God, I'm so excited. I can't wait to see what you're going to do today. Every morning, no matter what her circumstance, no matter what she's going through, God, I'm so excited. I can't wait to see what you're going to do today. That should be our attitude. We should wake up. I woke up this morning. I was like, man, I'm excited. What's going to happen in church? I hear they're having a great speaker. <laughs> and, uh, the last part I'm just made up, all right? But I, I wake up every Sunday, and I go, man, I can't wait to see what's going to happen in church. I can't wait to see who's going to get healed. I can't wait to see somebody come into the kingdom of God. I can't wait to hear Pastor Anthony's message. I can't wait to be encouraged. I can't wait for worship. That has to be our mentality every day. I'm excited for what, is God, what God's going to do to me, no matter what situation I'm going through. Uh, lack of nourishment provision lead, led to their strength. Just like in us, the lack of spiritual nourishment can lead to a, uh, a time of shaking. Our strength can be shaken, all right? Um, we have to have an inner fortitude to bear up under extensive periods of time and shaking. The enemy wants to shake us. He wants to mess us up. But we have to be able to stand to that. All right? John Akawara, the marathoner, he lacked the natural health to persevere, but he had an inner resource that provided the strength he needed to continue, just like God provides for us. God is our source. He provides us the strength to encourage and to continue. What are we lacking? Are we lacking strength? Are we lacking resolve? Are we lacking fortitude? Are we lacking that pressing on? Psalms 107 says, They cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man, for he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Cry out to the Lord, and he will satisfy and fill your longing soul. Those who lose heart are oppressed. Number three, have you ever been oppressed? An oppressed person is someone that's dominated by something or someone with greater power. The oppressor exercises control over them, pressing them down, crushing their spirit, and you feel powerless. When you're oppressed, when you're going through that oppressive time, we feel powerless, like there's nothing we can do to get through this, right? 
1 Corinthians 4 says this, We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. We did 90s thing two weeks ago, right? We did that song, Trading Our Sorrows, right, Greg? Remember? You were rocking. We did Trading Our Sorrows. We are pressed, but not crushed. Persecuted, not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Blessed beyond the curse. His promise will endure. His joy will be my strength. Though the sorrow may come for a night, his joy comes in the morning. Amen? I'm trading my sorrows. Come on. I'm about ready to grab Ryan's guitar and just do that song. All right? Come on. No matter what, God's going to come through. No matter what we're going through, you're pressed, you're crushed, you're persecuted. But you know what? You're not abandoned. The sorrow, the thing is temporary because his joy is coming in the morning. Some of you this morning need his joy. You know what I'm saying? We need that joy, and we're going to have a time to pray for you, and you better get out of your seats, and you better come up here and get prayer because God's going to do something in your life this morning, all right? I'm, right, I'm speaking right now. I'm telling you right now, God is going to do something in some of y'all's lives, all right? Some of you that are going through financial struggles, God's going to miraculously intervene in your life. He is going to do something in your life even tomorrow, you might get something in the mail where things are going to change. I'm telling you right now, God wants you to ask for that. God wants you to seek it. He's going to, he's going to change the circumstance in your life. Amen? Amen? Some of your health things, your healing. Uh, Ladina, you got a sore back. We're going to pray for Ladina's back a little earlier. That's the thing about Ladina. She gets up here and she acts like everything's great, but I know her back is killing her. So we're going to pray for her back. Her back was sore yesterday, but she kept walking up and down hills and everything. She persevered, all right? So we're going to pray for Ladina's back a little later. She's going to get healed. God's going to be good. And the sorrow's going to go away and her joy's going to come. And then she can break dance at our party. All right? God, Acts 10, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. God is with us. We can do, because Jesus said, uh, Luke said, all that Jesus began to do and teach, we're carrying that on. God is working through us to, con to continue the ministry of Jesus. God is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble, it says in Psalms 9. He's a shelter, a place of hope, a place of trust. People, you're going to lose people's trust. People are going to do stuff to you, and it's going to break your trust. They're going to hurt you. It could be friends. It could be family. It could be some stranger you run into. But you've got to know that God is your refuge. No matter what that stuff they speak into your life, you need to rebuke that in the name of Jesus. You know what I'm saying? You say, get behind me. I, you don't have to say that to them personally, but, you know, I, I would. But um, you just tell them, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I am not going to receive that into my life. God's in control. God's going to do what God's going to do. Those who lose heart are distressed. To be distressed is to be in a place of extreme affliction. To have the walls close in around and squeeze someone into a tight place. A distressed person is a person who has their world falling down around them. Has you ever had your world falling in? Something all of a sudden unexpected happens and it changes your life? Have you ever been squeezed from within? And you're like, what am I going to do? How am I going to deal with this, right? Those things happen. Things in life are going to come, but it's how we deal with those things in life that's going to determine the outcome, all right? Romans 8, 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? 
Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Amen? There is nothing that can come against us and win because God is in us. If God is for us, who can be against us? Nobody. You know, God looked around. He goes, I wonder if there's any other gods. Nope, there's not. I'm the only one. I am God. I can do what I want to do. And he is our God that we serve, and we ask him, God, do what you want to do. Sometimes what we want God to do and what God does are kind of different, right? Have you ever noticed that? Ooh, I really want to marry that girl. She's just beautiful. God, that's the one I want. God's like, no, that's not for you. And then five years later, you realize, yeah, boy, I'm glad I didn't marry her. She wasn't the one for me, right? That hasn't happened to me. I'm speaking, you know, just off the cuff there. Um, but if that stuff happens, sometimes our plans are not God's plans, right? So when things happen, we think, well, that's not going according to plan, God. You know what God's saying? Because I got something better for you. Hold on. Wait. I'm going to change things. I'm going to do something in your life. We will conquer through him. We will make it through his love. Don't give up. He is with us. Amen? Amen? Number five, those who lose heart are weary. Weary people have completely lost their spirit. They're worn out. They are exhausted. Have you ever been really, 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 really tired and all you just want to do is lay in bed all day with your dogs or your cats or your heating pad or whatever? Yeah. You do. You just want to crawl up under those covers, especially in Oregon when it's been raining for 47 days in a row and, it, and it's still gray out and nothing's changed. And you're playing Trade My Sorrows, and that's really not having any effect on you. And then you think, maybe if I get Dwayne to come over and sing it live, that will change. And I come over, and I sing it, and that doesn't work. Then I bring Ryan, and that doesn't work. And all you want to do is crawl up under your blanket and pull it over your head because you're so weary and you're so worn out, right? Some people, that happens to. We get worried. Uh, we lose our spirit. We're worn out. We're exhausted. We've ran for a long time. We've reached the end of our strength. There is nothing left in us. There's no resources to pull from. It hasn't been a one-time major event, but sometimes it's an ongoing shaking, tremor after tremor after tremor. And you're wondering, is this ever going to stop? Is this ever going to stop? It goes on and on and on, and you get to the point of despair and go, I'm not moving forward. Nothing's happened. Nothing's changing. There was a gentleman named Andrew Halsey. In 2003, he decided that he wanted to row across the Pacific Ocean in a rowboat. Now, it's probably, you know, bigger than normal rowboats that we see, but it was just him and his boat. So four months and 2,300 miles into his trip, he ran into some severe weather conditions, and the currents that resulted from that made him receive the award of rowing the longest time to go the shortest distance. For 72 days in a row, he had a little thing that would calculate based on his stroke how far he was rowing. He rowed 31 miles a day. That's how much he would have been going. But he didn't go anywhere. He stayed in the same place because the currents and the weather. He wake up, he row. He wake up, he 31 days, and he never went anywhere. We do that in our, in our lives sometimes. We wake up, we row. We don't go anywhere. We wake up, I'm not going anywhere. I'm still not going anywhere. I'm still not going anywhere. I'm still not going. I'm going to give up. Here's what he did. The currents pinned him. Have you ever ran on a treadmill or walked on a treadmill? It's like you see the thing, 10 miles, 15 miles, 18 miles, one mile, half a mile, whatever it is you're doing, 
But you know what? You're still in your garage. I ran all these miles, and I haven't gone anywhere. This is what he was going through. It was like he was on a treadmill in the ocean, doing all this work, but not going anywhere. That's enough to make a person weary and ready to quit. 72 days of work, 72 days of going nowhere. Instead, when they asked him about it, this was his response. You can't row across an ocean, and the first time you get a bad bit of bad weather, say, let's quit. All right? Hey, we can't go through our Christian life, and the first time we hit a bit, little bit of adversity, go, yeah, I'm just going to quit this gig. It's not working for me. We can't do that. We have to hold on. We have to trust in the promises of God. If you're weary, God is going to strengthen you. It's coming. It's coming. And I'm telling you to hold on. Don't give up. Press through. You've got to hold on. And whatever that means, I mean, break out in worship. Start singing some worship songs in your car. All right? Sing them in the shower. Sing them laying you're laying in your bed. Um, think of the times, I, last time I spoke, I talked about this. Think of the times where God has done something in your life. And start thinking on those victories that you got. Think of something that Pastor Anthony might have said that's good, that encouraged you. Hold on to those encouraging things. Hold on to those things that got you through the tough times because God is going to get you through this tough time. He's going to take your weariness and he's going to strengthen you. And when you come out at the end, you're going to have a great testimony to what God did in your life. Amen? Amen. All right, let's continue on here. David said in Psalm 27 that you will see the goodness of God in your life. So hang in there. Don't give up. You will see his hand on your life for good. There is hope not just for eternity, but for the here and now, all right? We need to look through the lens of eternal, eternity and not through the lens of just today. Now, what that means is we have all this time. Like our life, here's our life, all right? This is, this is when you're born right here, and this is me when I'm 63. Barely moves, right? This is me when I die, hopefully in my 90s or 100s, all right? But then this is the rest of eternity, and it goes on, and it goes on, and it, goes, and it never stops. We need to see our life on earth, not with temporary, what's going on right now, but we need to see with the eternal. What is God going to do? When I was 17, I wasn't thinking, what am I going to do when I'm 63? I was thinking, man, 63 people are really old. Those bitter old people in church. <laughs> you know what? Get off my lawn, people. All right? I wasn't thinking what I was going to do when I was 63. I didn't think I'd be standing at free church when I was 63 years old. I thought I was going to be like the next Billy Graham. I wrote in my notebook, Billy Graham Jr. <laughs> God had other plans, right? There'd only be one Billy Graham. So who am I going to be? I'm going to be Dwayne Smiley. You're going to be Ryan Doherty. Right? Whoa. You're going to be who you are because God has called you specifically for a purpose. His hand is on your life, and he's going to do remarkable things through you. And we doubt, oh, God's not going to work for me. Yes, he is. God is going to work through you. I'm telling you right now, God wants to work through you. He wants to use you to affect change. Whether it's just saying hi to somebody in a grocery store and saying, God bless you, that can change somebody's life. You never know. We never know what we say, the words that come out of our mouth, how they might impact somebody else. God wants you to be an impactor. He wants you to impact people you come into contact with. He wants you in impacting this church, this city, this community. That's why we're taking over the city, just letting you know. We're going to start having these services downtown. It's because God's taking over the city. He's just going to use free church to help out, right? He's going to use the church to get back what the enemy has taken here in Salem. Those who lose heart are attacked. Have you ever been attacked? Anybody ever been attacked? 
Yeah, we all have. The devil attacks us, all right? I read the scripture before, 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist, resist him, be firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. You're not the only one being attacked. And after you have suffered a little while, oh, we have to suffer sometimes, yes, we do. The God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. God is going to restore you, confirm you. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to establish you to do great things for him. He's going to build you up. James 4, 7 says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. God's greater than the enemy, and you will overcome and defeat him if you keep getting up, if you keep fighting, if you keep pressing on. 1 John 4, 4 says, little children, you are of God and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God is greater than the devil. God kicked the devil out of heaven. The devil has no authority over you. He tries, right? He comes in with all these schemes and attacks, and he speaks doubt into your life, and he says, oh, you're never going to get healed. You're never going to find a wife. You're never going to find a husband. Your kids are going to turn out horrible. I used to have these people in church that would say, oh, my kids are just a little, they're, sometimes they just remind me of little devils. Whoa, slow your roll there, lady. Hey, let me tell you, don't speak that stuff over your kids. Your kids are not little devils. They're little children of God. And God's going to overcome some things. They might give you that impression, but you, you as the parent need to speak life into them. Amen? Amen. So we've got to press on. Those who lose heart, and this is the last one, are afflicted. You guys can get ready probably. Yeah, you can get ready if you want. <laughs> I'm not good at getting the worship team up here. I just keep going and I forget. Um, a person can be afflicted with sickness, emotional strain, physical limitations. Sickness can be sudden. It can be life-threatening or it can be chronic. It can be life-limiting. Emotional strain. Have you ever been emotionally strained? Relational, financial, work-related. Things come after us. Whatever it is, it can wear us down and it can cause us to lose heart and quit fighting. Remember Einstein? Does everybody remember who Einstein was? When he was in school, they told him he was a slow learner, and they wrote him off as ever being able to be educated. Kind of changed, didn't it? It changed. Something changed. Just like us. God is changing things. No matter what is going on, no matter what people are saying about your life, God is going to change things. God is in control. Beethoven, remember Beethoven? The dun, 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 dun. That guy, he was deaf. He was deaf but he wrote all that music, all right? God works. God works in strange ways. There's a guy named Glenn Cunningham. He's from Kansas. And in 19, he was, when he was young, when he was little, he was burned so badly in a schoolhouse fire that the doctor told him he would never walk again. In 1934, he set the world record in a mile at 406. Don't listen to what people are telling you. God has a call on each and every one of your lives. God wants to do something in your life. He wants to affect change. How are we going to respond to our afflictions? What choices are we going to make? Are we going to lose heart? Or are we going to respond as Paul did in 1 Corinthians 12, 
When I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, I am strong. I am strong in Jesus. And we don't, last one, I'm sorry, I said the last one before. Those who lose heart are bewildered. A, belo- a bewildered person is a person who is perplexed or confused. The word bewildered finds its root in a meaning to thoroughly lead astray or lure into the wilds. Bewildered people are led astray by the contradictions that happen in our life. Here's a contradiction. Stephen and Paul were both stoned. Paul lived, Stephen died. Why? I know, God's in control. Another one. James and Peter were both imprisoned. James got killed when he was in prison. Peter got released. Why? I know, I don't know. I don't know why one lived, one died, but I do know this. The church prayed for Peter, and his jailers just let him leave. An angel came, undid his chains, and he walked out. And the people that were praying were so shocked that they didn't let him in the house at first. Rhoda, she answered the door. This is in, first, uh, this is in Acts 12. Rhoda opened the door and was like, saw Peter, or, and pff, shut the door. It's like, what the heck? And they opened again. It's me. <laughs> oh, we've been praying for you. Well, here I am, right? Sometimes God does something we've been praying for, and he doesn't. We're like, no, that can't be God. It's God. He's opening the door. He's doing something. We've been walking through doors for, like, weeks, right? Open doors. God is opening a door to do something in your life, all right? How do we deal with those contradictions? What do we do when our visions and our dreams are fading away, when they're unfulfilled? How do we handle it when other people get what we desire? Ooh, that's a bad one. How do we do it when we see our friend getting everything and we're like, what about me? Why is God moving in their life and not mine right now? I don't know, but I know this. If I hold on, if I stand there, and if I hold my ground, and if I trust in God and I don't give up, he is going to do something. Psalm 23 says this. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Our confidence should not be in the ability to walk through the valley. Our confidence should not be in ability to walk through the valley. Our confidence is not our ability to see in the dark. Our confidence, then, is in the Lord and his hand holding us, even when we can't see it or feel it. He is there, and that is enough. God is there. Winston Churchill said this, success is not final. Failure is not fatal. But it is the courage to continue that counts. God wants us to be courageous. God wants us not to give up. Your setback right now that you're going through or whatever, the discouragement, the oppression, um, the weariness, being depressed, any of those things, those are temporary. They are not final, all right? But it's the courage to continue, to hold on to the things of God, to hold on to the promises of God that are going to get us through whatever we're going through right now so you will not be discouraged and you will not lose heart. If we're discouraged or faint-hearted or distressed or we're attacked or we're bewildered, God this morning wants to do something in your life. Here's the thing. We do altar calls all the time. We ask people to come up for prayer, right, for prayer. And a lot of times we don't go up. You know why? Because we're thinking, what's the other person going to think? You know, is God really going to do this? I've had this prayer. For, I, someone's prayed this over me 37,000 times and nothing's ever happened. Well, this is the 37,000th and first time and something's going to happen. We've got to hold on. We've got to keep pressing on. We've got to keep going after it. This morning, folks, if you're going through something, 
This is the day that something is going to change and break in your life. And when it breaks in your life, it's going to affect a lot of people. It's going to affect you, but it's going to affect those around you. God is going to do something for you, all right? We serve the same God today that healed people back then. We serve the same God today that delivered in Acts. He can deliver you this morning. We serve the same God that saved back then. He saves today. He's the same God. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in this earth. He wants to move in power right now. The Holy Spirit wants to move in power right now. He wants to move in your lives, and he wants to affect change in your life. He wants to deliver you from sickness. He wants to deliver you from oppression. He wants to deliver you from financial issues. He wants to deliver you if you've been oppressed. He wants to deliver you if you're bewildered, if you're astray. He wants to deliver you this morning, and we want to pray over you and see God affect that change. The only thing is, is are you going to get up and are you going to let God do what he wants to do in your life? Don't give up. Hold on to things God. If everybody could stand. Allow God to touch your heart this morning. I don't know if this message struck home to anybody. Hopefully somebody got something out of it. I mean, if just one person got something, I'm, I'm excited about that. But I want to pray over you. We're going to go into some worship. And if you need prayer, we want you to come forward. We, we have people that will be up here to pray for you. Um, but here's what it takes. It takes getting out of your seat. It takes taking that step, all right? If you don't feel comfortable getting out of your seat, turn to somebody next to you and say, will you pray for me? They'll pray for you, all right? God loves y'all. He wants to affect change in our life. He doesn't want you to give up, all right? He wants you to hold on. What's your first name? What is it? Angie. Um, God is telling, God says you've gone through some tough things, and he's seen the tough things that you're going through, and it gets to the point that sometimes you get so discouraged you just want to give up. And you don't, want to, you don't want to go that way anymore. Even some of your friends are telling you you should give. Can we get some la a lady over here to pray for her? Even sometimes God is telling you that uh, you've got to hold on. But your friends are telling you, you know what, just give up. You're not going to be as good as this person. You're not going to be as that. Quit comparing yourself to everybody else. Um, don't be insecure in, a thing, in your life. God has his hand on you. He wants to touch you. He wants to mold you. He wants to affect change in you. And he's going to do an amazing thing in you. All right? He is going to do a mighty thing in you. Don't compare yourself to anybody. Compare yourself to what God has for you. And, God, and I, don't, I don't know you. I don't know if this is hitting home or not. But hold on to those things, all right? Hold on to what God wants for you. And today, there's going to be a change in your life. Something's going to change right now. I can sense it in my spirit. Something's going to change. He's going to allow God to do what God wants to do. Amen? Can you, does that sound anything at all hitting home? Good. So we can start praying for her and hang out. All right, um, I get other stuff too. Paula, um, I don't know, she just hit me just now. You guys are amazing. God got, he, his hand is on your marriage, uh, you and Brian. He's got amazing things for you. In fact, you've only scratched the surface of what God wants you to do. But you've been going through some type of discouragement, uh, some type of, some things have been happening in your life. I don't know exactly what they are. I'm just getting that word discouragement. Um, God wants you to hold on. He, he put him in your life so you could hold on to him so he can support you through some things. But God wants you to hold on. People are going to disappoint you throughout life. Um, people are going to come, and sorry, guys, I'm just going to minister here for a minute, so hang tight. Um, people are going to disappoint you. But God says don't put your trust in people. Don't put your hope in them. Put your hope in him. 
because he's going to get through and he's going to bring other people into your life because uh, some people have disappointed you, right? Yeah, and they've disappointed you and they've hurt you. They made you feel abandoned, right? God's not... God is not going to abandon you. Can we get somebody to pray? God is not going to abandon you. All right? He has not abandoned you. People have abandoned you, and that's not God. And God wants you to know right now that he holds you. He is hugging you. He is, he is holding you in his arms, and he's saying, Paula, I love you. I love you, Paula. I will never leave you, Paula. And he wants you to know that. So hold on to that, all right? All right. Who is here this morning that um, you're having some hip and leg pain. Who is that? Raise your hand if you're having some hip and leg pain. Right here? All right, come on up here. You're, you're too, Susan? All right, we can get a couple people to pray for these. Uh, hey, if you're out there in the congregation, you want to pray for people, come pray for them, all right? We can lay hands on the sick. They will recover. We serve the same God. Uh, he is here to save. He is here to heal. He is here to, to take some things. Who's here? For, is there anybody here for the first time? This is your first time this morning? Anybody? You guys are here for the first time? Don't worry. You'll get Pastor Anthony back. You won't have to hear me anymore. Hey, God brought you here for a purpose. I don't even know why you're here. Why, why are y'all visiting? And you're from out of town, just happen to drive by and say, hey, that cool guy's speaking? Kristen. Kristen? Oh, your friends are Kristen? Hey, man, what a friend to have. Hey, Kristen, God's going to bless you because of your faithfulness. That's all I got to say. He, no one sees what Kristen does, but she does a lot, and God's going to bless her because of that faithfulness. He's got his hand on her life. Things are going to change. But you guys that came, God's got something good for you this morning. So I, what's your names? Melissa. Melissa? And Cassie. And Cassie? Are, you, are you visiting too? Yeah. And Marissa. Was it? And Marissa. Marissa? And Marissa. And Marissa. I'm not going to get all these right. Let's just pray for them. Everybody reach your hands to these guys. Father, we thank you that they came this morning. Father, I pray that you would impact something in their life right now. God, that you would move in their life, that, that you would have an impact, Lord, that as they leave today, they would feel refreshed by you, Lord. They refresh the Holy Spirit. Just breathe into them right now. In Jesus' name, I pray for anything that they're going through, Lord, that they would hold on to you and that, you would, that they would trust in you to resolve those issues. We thank you that you brought them here this morning. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. We're going to sing a song. and. Uh, don't leave, because I really, I, I, it's right at, it's an hour and a half. You can give God an extra 10 minutes. Um, we're going to do some, we're going to do some worship, but God wants to minister to you. So if you're, if you need healing, come forward for anything. If you need healing for anything, come forward. Somebody's right foot, I don't know who it is, but if you have a right foot problem, it's either your toes or your foot or something, come forward. God wants to heal you. Um, some of you, um, like I said with Paula about abandonment, some of you have been abandoned, either by a parent or a brother or a sister. They've abandoned you. God wants to hold you this morning. So if that's you, come forward, all right? There's going to be people up here to pray for you. We're, we serve a great God, and he changes things. Amen? Amen? Amen. God bless you. Thank you this morning for coming. And hold on to what God has for you. Jesus will change your life. Next year will be 50 years since I received Jesus as my Savior. 50 years. And man, he's been faithful even when I haven't been. He's been there for me through tough times. He's been there through me, for me through good times. Except in Jesus, when I was a 4'11", a 85-pound freshman in high school, was the best decision I've ever made in my life. And I will never, ever regret that. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, he wants to impact your life right now. 
He wants to become your Savior. He wants to become your Lord. He wants to take control. And if you give your life to Jesus, you are never going to be the same again. So if you don't know Jesus this morning, with everybody just an attitude of prayer, I'm not going to make you come up here in front of everybody or anything like that. I just want to know if you're here. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, raise your hand. Because I definitely want to pray for you all. Anybody that doesn't know Jesus, just raise your hand. Or maybe you knew Jesus, you asked him to be your Lord, and you've fallen away. He's still your Lord, all right? He's still here for you. If you're here this morning, and I don't see any hands raised, so I'm going to assume we're all good, but I still want to pray for you, all right? Father, I pray for each person this morning, Lord, that, that if they don't know you, they will come to a knowledge of you, Jesus. I pray for those that uh, know you and that are falling away but are returning, Lord, that you would strengthen them, that you would encourage them. We come against any guilt in their life right now in the name of Jesus. And, Father, I pray we release life in every person here this morning. I pray, God, that we will not lose heart, that we will continue to do good, that you will infuse in us, Holy Spirit, a desire to do good for you, a desire to do good for your kingdom. Father, I pray that no matter what assault the enemy brings to people's lives that is going on in their lives right now, Lord, that you would bring hope, you would bring joy. Though the sorrow may last for the night, Lord, I pray for joy this morning in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, that when we walk out these doors, we would walk out changed people, Lord God. Changed by the infilling of your Holy Spirit and the impact you have on our lives. We thank you this morning, Lord. We honor you for what you are doing in our lives and what you're going to continue to do. In Jesus' name, Lord.